Continuing on Radio Row here in Las Vegas, the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app, and we are streaming on YouTube at the Team 980, where you see the well-dressed, I like that sweater, uh, Dan Graziano uh, with us from ESPN. Uh, great to have you back on the show, and uh, as a guy who's made his living in the NFC East, uh, pretty good day to have you. Uh, I want to get into kind of some of the, the Ben Johnson background stuff, because you did a lot of reporting uh, throughout the commander's coaching search, and I actually have avoided that story mostly because yeah. there's a there's just, there's a lot of feelings as you might imagine it's in DC it's on a that. Little, it's a little murky too. Yeah, but yeah. if I had told you a year ago, pretend we were on Radio Row a year ago, that Brian Johnson would take something below an OC job a year later with the Commanders in the division, how surprised would you have been as we hear the news this morning that you and uh, your colleagues reported that Johnson is headed to Washington? I, I would have said, well, what the heck happened in Philadelphia? <laughs> like this was this was a guy on the rise, right? Like yeah. he was getting he was talking about for head coach jobs. Uh, and and the extent to which the Eagle season fell apart, I think, is the story there. Uh, so hopefully, for his sake, that was a you know a two month you know glitch in his career, and he can build it back up. But uh, I know he's very well regarded. I know a lot of teams have wanted to talk to him. So I think he's a pretty good get for Washington staff because you, you you say you go back a year, you go back five months, and this guy was still <laughs> you know thought of as somebody who was on the right. So may, you know maybe. The coordinator job was not something he was ready for at the time, so maybe a step back. And, and some of the best coaches are the ones that sort of get knocked down, figure out what they need to still learn, and, and then come back. And if he's that sort of guy, then uh, then certainly I, we, we won't have heard the last. I, I definitely think he's an interesting fit, and it seems like uh, Washington has for good reason prioritize guys who have histories developing quarterbacks cliff obviously yeah. the oc johnson there what do you know about the relationship between johnson and jalen hurts and, and how instrumental he was in developing jalen yeah obviously that was a that was a, a group project that, that took a number of years but i mean that that coaching staff that came in there with nick sirianni was hired with the mission of developing jalen hurts into the best he could be and you know go back a year we're sitting at the super bowl this is a guy that was on top of the world a, a quarter away from winning it uh, months away from becoming briefly, but still the highest paid player in the league. So uh, success story there. And, and again, we'll find out next year whether this was a one-off for Philadelphia, whether they'll be back on top. But if, if you can ignore the way they finished this year and put Jalen Hurts' career into broader context, then yes, you have to give Brian Johnson credit for a success story there. Dan Graziano, ESPN. Along, along with other people. Yeah, obviously. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Dan Graziano, ESPN is with us here on Radio Row. Make sure you're checking out all ESPN's coverage. They have a gigantic set over there. They're You guys are doing big Who, stuff. Oh, that's McAfee. Yeah. Well, yeah that's, 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 that's just league. Pat? Yeah, yeah, where's, yeah, yeah. Where's you guys? Like, they is, they is have there a set another? up over at, the, they're doing like NFL Live and stuff, yeah. over at the Paris, uh, the Beer Park, I think it's called, out in front of the Paris Hotel. So Beer I'm Park not, in Las Vegas sounds like a place a lot of I know, of I'm heading over there this afternoon. I'm made. curious to see uh, yeah. what that's all about. Uh, so... You were obviously reporting on all these NFL coaching searches, and there was this narrative, whatever storyline, thought, truth at the time, I'm assuming, that's why you report it, uh, that Ben Johnson was the favorite in Washington. And it feels like a lot of people were putting together the favorite uh, status of Johnson as the favorite candidate. Washington is a preferred destination. And, and then the interviews happen, and, and all of a sudden we start to hear you know, John Keim, Adam Schefter, and others saying, like, I don't know about that. What light can you shed on how it went from presumptive favorite to, it seems like by the end, obviously Johnson's the one who pulled his name out, 
but that he was no longer the favorite and might not have been getting the job even if he hadn't withdrawn his name. So, I mean, the, the, the simple answer is there's a reason you do the interviews, right? Like, right. like you like Ben Johnson's work and you think, well, this might, this might be, and, you know, the offensive coordinator, you know, the quarterback developer, the guy that's had success with Jared Goff, you want to talk to that guy and For find sure. out if he's the guy. But then maybe you also get, you know, Mike McDonald on a Zoom call and you're really impressed with him. And you're thinking about, well, Dan Quinn's a guy that's been a head coach and had some success doing that, and maybe we want to go that way. So it seems to me what happened is through the interview process, it, it became clear to Ben Johnson, who, by the way, one thing I've been told consistently about Ben Johnson through this process is he's the kind of guy who locks in so like like people who are close to him who like might have had jobs on a Ben Johnson staff right right like we'll say like he is he's a guy that that might not be able to give his full energy to a head coach interview while his team is in the playoffs right because he's so locked in on that and obviously that's a dilemma right that's a dilemma all these guys face and it's very difficult for some people to compartmentalize I'm not saying that Ben Johnson can't but I think a couple people I talked to said if he didn't blow them away in the interview, which we don't know. But if, if that's the case, then that's probably a reflection on he spent so much more of his time preparing for the 49ers right, <laughs> right? than preparing for his interview with the commanders. Uh, and maybe that, that had some effect. So, again, there's a lot out there. You know, how much of it is true? How much of it is solid? You know, the, the, there's a lot of spin out there in terms of. But it sounds to me like what we know and what we can confidently say is throughout the process, it became clear that Ben Johnson was not the favorite or necessarily the top choice. And, and then rather than mess around and wait around, he said, you know what, I'll just try this again next year. All right, so I want to give uh, our listeners, the fans, a little insight into how this works as best as we can. Obviously, you're not going to sit here and be like, all right, so this person, person yeah. A, name X, position Y, uh, told me this because that's not how sourcing yeah, works. Wouldn't, wouldn't uh, be good. Would not be good. But <laughs> you get told as a reporter, and I've, I've been there. I've been a reporter mm-hmm. before. I now blab opinions every day. Um, you know, you get told lots of information. You don't just regurgitate it. You have oh, to vet yeah. it. Um, so how do you, like, what's kind of your process of trying to figure out, hey, this this piece of information I got is something that's worth putting out there that, you, you know, whether it's the spin, whether it's the, mm-hmm. the information side of it going into the search versus, like, that's an agent or a front office person or a coach trying to, trying to do themselves a favor. I think one of the most important things you have to ask yourself in situations like that as a reporter is, why is this person telling me this information? <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Like no, I don't think sure. enough people in our business a- ask that question. I agree. Right? Because you're so eager to get something out there and be first with it and to seem like you know something. But yes, and, and, and the sources know that and, and use it to their advantage, right? So why is this person? If, I, if the agent is telling me a thing about his client, oh, well, he's going he's gonna to get, you know... Um, He's going to get interviews. He's on their list. Well, I don't want to report that unless I find out from the team that he's, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a guy we like. Yeah, you can, if you put that out there, you're not going to look bad, right? right? So, uh, yeah, it, it's tricky. I mean, you, you know, ideally, what you want is multiple sources on multiple sides of it so you know you're right, and that's something of, something of a lost art. Do, or we could, do a, like, we could do a whole show on, like, what's happened to the industry and reporting and all that kind sure, of stuff. Sure, we can go but march over my alma mater, the Newhouse Kids. There you there go. We go teach them Everybody's over there. Everybody's Syracuse. I went to Georgetown. If I had known what I was going to do for a living, I probably would have 
not gone to Georgetown, but it's worked you know, out for you. I, it has. Right. There's no question. I don't have any regrets. I just like I'm surrounded by Syracuse people, and that always that kind of makes me. Well, I'm a Syracuse alum who works in D.C., and we have Georgetown games <laughs> on the station, so well, I think go. we're just exchanging you're, pain. You're, right, you're 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 on the opposite end of that. That's true. Like yeah. I work at ESPN. Like there's Syracuse decorations yes. in everybody's office. Uh, but yeah, it's that's the way it is. It used to be a rivalry. <laughs> uh, our program is not in that spot anymore. We have high hopes for the new coach, but uh, obviously some growing pains. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, not the Syracuse ain't exactly thriving. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think we were talking about reporting, and there's the Newhouse kids. Right, over there. right, right. Yeah, we were all self-taught at Georgetown. Like I, I learned that <laughs> after I graduated. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah. I, so the coaching stuff is interesting because it's it's there's a lot of consistency to it year to year. You know, you know who represents who. If you see something out there, you can kind of say to yourself, "Oh, I know where that's coming from," or. Right. I heard that. I heard those exact words said to me two hours ago, and I didn't report them. But this other person is like, "Whoa, I wouldn't have gone with that." So yeah, it's it's a, it's the wild west. Yeah, it definitely can be. Dan Graziano <laughs> from ESPN. Uh, let's just say, uh, Kime and I have been lamenting that via text yeah, message uh, I, I can, often, often over the last couple of weeks. I can imagine those texts. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the game real quick. Yeah. How, how many people actually ask you about the game versus yeah. everything else going on here? No, um, I think so far it's been. Like this, oh, let's get to the game. I think, um, you know, the, the the Kansas City station wanted to talk about the game. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense, right? That I got a sense. San Francisco one coming up. I'm sure there'll be a lot about the game there. So yeah, so yeah. Let's, I, get, let's give you a little uh, palate cleanser then to get you uh, all right. Bush of, of Super Bowl <laughs> Fifty Eight uh, before you head over to, to the San Francisco folks. Um, it feels like the momentum of the week is swinging. Where. The Chiefs, all of a sudden, people are like, oh, no, like we're done betting against Mahomes. We tried that a couple times in this playoffs, yeah. and we feel like big, dumb idiots. I certainly feel that way. Yes. I feel myself being pulled towards Kansas City. Yes. Do you, you're saying yes, so you agree with yes. that. Why, is it just because Mahomes? Or yes. like if, you're, if you go on that San Francisco <laughs> station, are you going, hey, guys, I think you're going to be okay? I, I mean, they have a chance to win. Obviously, they're a great team, but the Chiefs know how to win this game. Yeah. They won it last year, right? Uh, the defense, I think the Chiefs' defense is one of the stories of the week. They, they are great, and, and they are the better defense in this matchup, which you would never have imagined in a San Francisco-Kansas City matchup at any point over the past half decade, but that is where we are. And Steve Spagnuolo has shown an ability to design successful playoff game plans with lesser personnel than what he has now. So what they did to Baltimore, and again, I'm like, I did pick the, the Chiefs to beat the Bills, I didn't, and the second uh, that came out of my mouth, I was like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? I did pick the Chiefs to win that game. I did. I picked the Ravens the following week, and I'm sitting there watching and going, what was I thinking? Come on. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes right. and Andy Reid and all You know, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the overarching sentiment as the week goes on. Like, well, the Chiefs will just find a way. Like last year, they were getting beat. And they, 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 they When they played the 49ers four years ago, they're down 10 points in the fourth quarter. They just... They know how to. I covered the the Joe Torre New York Yankees years mm -hmm. ago, and that's what they were like toward the end of that. Like they would, they'd match up in the playoffs with like an Oakland A's team that was better than they were, and they just beat them. Like the Seattle Mariners won 116 games, and the Yankees yep. beat them in five games in the ALCS. Like it just, they knew how to win those games, and the Chiefs are that team now. They are. Uh, speaking of Spags, do you think he ever gets another head coaching look? Do you think he wants it? I, I do think he'd be interested in talking to some people. Like, Spags is not a guy that's ever going to come out and say to you, you know, complain about that. He loves his life. He's, he's a great guy, and, and he's obviously in a great spot. I mean, he's in the Super Bowl every year. Like, like there's something to be said for that. Now, obviously head coaching very different, and I'm sure he'd like another shot at it because 
Uh, he, he, I'm sure he feels like he can do it, and, and, and uh, it's been a while. But like, I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago when the interviews were coming out, and it's like, why isn't anybody calling him? Somebody said to me, what's the difference between him and Dan Quinn, right, resume-wise, right? Um, Spag's 11 years older than Dan. He's 64 years old. Mm. So I think in a league that's always looking for young offensive coaches, he's an old defensive coach, and I think that works against him. I'm surprised he can't get an interview. Like, nobody would want to talk to him yeah. about what he's doing, especially in a cycle like this where defensive guys did seem to elevate beyond uh, where we've seen in recent years. But I, I think that maybe there's a perception that who he is now is who he is, and that's where he belongs, and, and, and maybe that's it. But I, I do think he'd like another, another crack at it. The problem is now it's like, 64, 65 years old. Right. You know, Vic you Fangio a five -year deal and didn't work yeah, out in Denver. 69. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, yeah. So my my guess is that ship has sailed. You never say never, but um, but I, I do I do think he would like another shot. Uh, Dan Graziano, read his work, ESPN.com. Catch him uh, at his beer park. Be, well, I gotta go. I'm not doing TV, but I, yeah, okay. I'm gonna go. You know, check out that scene. Okay. Beer park. Well, maybe you'll see him walking in the background. You might. Of NFL I might Live. Maybe I'll photobomb like NFL Live. Yeah. Our, yeah. our ESPN PR producers not, will like, love Yes. That. Tell them about NFL Live. I think Lily. I think they know about NFL Live. People. Yeah. People. It's a very popular show. Is you it? send me emails that's about good. it. Uh, that's Dan Graziano. Everybody. Thank you. Thank you. This is the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right. Welcome back, Radio Row. I never. Michael Phillips is here. Uh, I never say welcome back to the show. It's something that was actually ingrained in me in broadcast school. It's like the audience didn't go anywhere. So saying welcome back is very stupid because they've been, they've been hanging out. We've been hanging out. But now all of a sudden I'm on Radio Row and I'm forgetting everything I've ever learned. Uh, it's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are on Radio Row in Las Vegas. Michael Phillips is here because he is doing his show at what feels like an ungodly hour of the morning i, I wake this place up they, the breakfast no place, you don't the, the breakfast place doesn't open before my show starts so i i end the show and i go down to that room and i i just crush whatever uh, uh, granola bars are sitting out there um so i the reason i violently just said no you don't is because my good friend damon amendolara da is done before you start he Did got out here and decided yep we're gonna do it he is a six to nine a.m on sirius xm say aka like eastern yeah. So he did a 3, three to, to 6, 6 a.m. this morning. Is the move to power through sleep after or go to sleep? If you go to sleep early, why were you in Vegas? What, what were you doing here in Vegas? You, I think the move is to go to sleep at 6 a.m., wake, wake up at 4 p.m., because that, that's when you're going to maximize your Vegas if, time. If, if, depending on what your Vegas activities are, yeah. that's definitely play. But I think the problem also is, instead of being nocturnal, I mean, DA has a young child, so his sleep schedule might already be foobarred anyway. Yeah. Um, Ooh, but that, That's not good. Yeah, you, you've been through that. Uh, but the, I, I don't know, man, because I think the, the other part of, like, Radio Row is – Obviously, you're taping stuff. Like, there's there's all these people that are around, and they're not around when he's on. How many radio rows have you done now? Uh, is this is this this is three for me, Super Bowl wise, being around Radio Row. Um, this one's this, the, the this best. is the first time though that we have had like that I've had this show where I've had like my own deal. This one's the best. Um, it's so central. Like Wednesday, there were still like big star power like normally Wednesday's kind of sleepy and Friday's kind of sleepy and Thursday's the sweet spot yeah. obviously I mean today was your best show obviously but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you bailed on us yesterday 
Um, had to go see you too or something. I we did go to the Sphere and it was fantastic. I, I this is my first time doing it as a radio guy. Yeah. When you're a print guy, you just you run people down, you interview them, and that's it. Like I'm on the air, but also trying to run people down. It gives me an appreciation of what you guys do. I just figured you're just a pretty face talking into a microphone, but it turns out there's more to it than that. No, I have to set up the camera too. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it is kind of wild too because there's. There's people running all over the place. There's PR people texting you and emailing you. I mean, you also have, uh, it's funny, uh, you have people that text or don't text you back. I won't say which one, Trey Wingo, who's walking behind us, uh, was this week. Uh, but notice how he hasn't been on the show yet. I want to throw something at him. Uh, Trey's a good friend. He would be fine. Uh, anyway, the point is uh, that you're like, and then also you have like the random ones, right? Like yeah. we got really lucky yesterday that Justin Pugh just plopped down. And Justin Pugh's a great guy. And Justin Pugh was, also, Pugh was also my classmate at Syracuse. So, like, we have a fun little five-minute bit with Justin Pugh completely unplanned. And, like, that's the kind of thing that happens here. That's why, that's why you come here to Radio Row. That's, that's the good stuff. Uh, Scott Goldman, he's, he was the Warriors team psychologist. Um, Where's yeah. he? Okay, he, he was here. He was one of my he, first 7 a.m. guests. Um, he was here. When you're here early, you don't have a lot of guests. But the few that are here want to be on with you because nobody else is on. Right. Um, he's with, you, you know, S2, the, the cognition yes. test, it, a competitor, AIQ, oh. I believe. He started a competitor, a, like AIQ, I think is the name of it. I don't want to misquote that. His guy's running around, you know, and he says, hey, do you want to talk to this guy? He founded AIQ, this thing. He was the team psychologist for the Golden State Warriors. I said, did he know Bob Myers? He goes, oh, yeah, definitely. And, and so he sits down and starts telling Bob Myers stories. And he goes, and I said, oh, you know, we're the home of the commanders. He goes, oh. I just texted with Dan Quinn yesterday, and he was off and running. Like, what Where's a, this guy? i got to get him on my show. we what we, we got a, we gotta, we gotta what spot a tomorrow. What a segment. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, also, I, my wife is here with us, uh, yeah. slash with me, and, but she's, like, literally here with us at the table right now, and she's doing a lot of, like, this neuroscience psychology study, oh, uh, yeah. which is awesome. So the second you said team psychologist the worst, yeah. she literally, like, popped up over my computer screen, uh, and, and I could see it, which, by the way, also another theme of the week is if I can break down a fourth wall on this show, we're going to do it. Uh, what's your best meal so far in Vegas? Oh, we went to Amalfi the other night, um, which is, is Bobby that Wolfgang Fla- Puck? No, no Bobby, uh, Flay. Bobby Flay, who apparently also walked by me at some point. Uh, Rachel, we went to commercial break. She's like, Bobby Flay just walked by. Oh. I was like, oh, cool. I wish I could have thanked him for uh, dinner the other night. Thanks for the that meal, was, Bobby. That was incredible. Uh, <laughs> we had some steak, some fish. Pasta was excellent. Like, because sometimes Vegas is just overpriced. Yeah. And it's not actually good. Yeah. That meal was, like, it was expensive, and so, but it was excellent. And sometimes it's overpriced and good. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I don't even know if it was, you, I mean, I guess it was probably thought, a little overpriced. You, but you got value. That's, that's right. a rare find here, getting value. Yeah. So yeah. I would, uh, Amalfi, uh, Bobby Flay's place. Uh, and then the other fun food thing is we had David Chang to start the show today, which feels like it was seven weeks ago. He, but David Chang was in that chair uh, to start the show today. David Chang, who I love Momo Fuku, obviously, he yeah. is hustling. He was here early doing, doing his Toyota bit. He is still here. Um, yeah, he's doing the David Chang show right over there I, right now. I want to say he's done nine hours nonstop down here on Radio Row. That's how, like a lot of the celebrities have a two-hour window, right? Yeah. They're going to do four an hour for two hours. So they're going to do eight shows. You just hope you, you make the cut. Right. He's on hour nine of, of hustling. 
That, right, because he's, really he's doing impressive. the double. Right, he's he he's doing is, his own show and he's a guest. Correct, yeah. he's a host and a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I'm like, are they setting up something to cook over there? Because that is the, that is the hungry. only thing Dave Chang and I have in common is we are both hosts and guests uh, now on Radio Red. Yeah, I, I'm doing some of that tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, my guys over at SiriusXM, I think, are going to have me pop. I mean, I did pop on AWOD's show. Um, Absolutely, I, we'll I'm not here it. enough for here early enough to be on your show. But nope. if you ask nicely, I probably would. Um. Grant Paulson was able to do the last three minutes of the show two days ago. Mm. That, that's been so far the only Odyssey family guest we've been able to wrangle for this, um, which was perfect because he had to tell the Blackjack story from the night before because I had told it to the audience in the previous segment. I said, hang on, I want Grant to tell it too. So they got to hear it Did, twice. Was it two different, different stories? Two different. It's, it's the same story, but, you know, two, two different people can tell it theatrically. I, I, pl- I played with the worst Blackjack player of all time. I think I, I, think I overheard some of yeah. that. Awad. Like I heard, I heard Awad involved in that, and so, so I think I heard, overheard some of it on their show. Awad was the second worst blackjack player of all time. Right, uh, he did not know what to do, and and we're yelling at him like you know use analytics, um, and he yeah. keeps making different decisions with the same numbers. So he's using Ron Rivera analytics, but right. Uh, but we yeah. had a good we had a good there time. Is, there's that. Uh, so what do you got on your show tomorrow? What you got planned? Um, what do we have on our show tomorrow? Uh, Doug Williams uh, on the program tomorrow. Nice. Uh, he won he won a Super Bowl. I want to ask him about uh, Eric Bieniemy. Because, um, look, Eric Bieniemy is still a name that, that moves copy, right, or, 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 you know, gets clicks or whatever it is. People are intensely curious about what happened with Eric Bieniemy, what's going to happen with Eric Bieniemy, when will his opportunity come. Well, what, in a lot of ways, you know, when you hire somebody, you either hire the same thing because things are going well or the exact opposite because they're not. And, and that can be telling. Cliff Kingsbury is in a lot of personality-based ways the opposite of Eric Bieniemy, mm-hmm. And that's an interesting commentary on a season that I don't think went terribly from his perspective. From a team perspective, it went terribly. But I, you know. I, mean, he, you know, I think it went pretty terribly from Bieniemy's perspective. But. Well, like for, for his future. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know that when you break down the tape, you'd be like, that was all his fault. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but also, like, you can run plays that are designed to Every play is designed to work. Uh, but, like, are you actually putting the, the players in like, are the players that you're asking to execute the plays the right players, yeah. or should you be calling different plays? Because at that point, it's like, you know, if you ask, if you ask me to run the backdoor cut on the lob play to throw an alley oop to, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the, I might be open, but I'm not gonna be able to dunk it, and that has everything to do with my ability to not dunk a basketball. You know, uh, DeAndre Carter on the program tomorrow was nice. uh, was a you know a returner for one year. He kind of relaunched his career in Washington. Uh, now at the now at the Raiders, uh, so he plays here in Vegas uh, every nice. every day. Yeah. That'll be fun. Uh, so, he, Michael on... Also a diabetic. Um, oh. Tests his blood sugar between quarters. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. yeah there's, uh, you get so many, like, cool human stories. We had Jonathan Ogden on earlier talking about, like, the obesity fight and what he's doing with the NFL Alumni Association. So, really cool opportunities out here in Vegas. And, uh, actually, our next guest uh, I'm very excited about, uh, NBC's Randy Moss, not the receiver, which I'm the, not going to make that like the, the that white happens the to white him. the white Randy Moss yes the white Randy Moss which like he deals with that all the time so I'm just going to like I'm going to I'm going to uh, play it straight I, um, but the reason I think it's fascinating is like he's a horse racing guy and a football guy yeah and so he's been in a sport that is like pumped up by gambling forever yes and now to see in the NFL do it like I'm excited to talk to him about that he's an exceptionally good sport about the other thing just so you know oh I I he must be 
And, like, you have to say it. for. And I feel, like, bad because a radio audience, like, I can't just reset me like Randy Moss is on the show. Can't do it. Can't say Randy um, Moss after this break without the clarifier. Right. Uh, so I'll, be, I'll probably just do NBC's Randy Moss. So people that are listening and are going to continue to listening, thank you. And uh, that's, that's, your, uh, that's your hint, wink, wink. Uh, Michael Phillips on tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. to noon on uh, 910 The Fan in Richmond, which you can listen to on the free Odyssey app. Craig's not going to welcome you back because you're not going anywhere. But but uh, Rand, Randy Moss is next. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. If you're watching there, you see NBC Sports' Randy Moss with us here on the Hoffman Show. Randy, good to see you. Hey. Good to see you. you. Sure, you got the right Randy Moss. I do. I say. Right. I, I yeah. said I was not gonna. I was not gonna do the bit because I'm sure that's just all you get. <laughs> I don't care. I, I mean, I feel like if for any sanity, you you have to slash. If you're still doing this, clearly you don't. Because at oh. some point, you just quit and be like, I'm not doing this anymore. You, you know, if it, look, you take yourself too seriously if you let that bother you that much, right? Yeah. And I've been doing this. You know, I've been in the media for a long time, and I've dealt with the whole Randy Moss thing. I did 13 years with NFL Network. Oh, I know. You know, and the players would call me the white Randy Moss. They, they got, kind of got a kick out of it. I'd be the OG Randy Moss. I like and, that. And then I was just OG. They would see me, and they wouldn't be, you know. I don't think amongst NFL players there's a lot of bigger compliments than just being known as OG. <laughs> like, that is, that is where it's at. And I didn't know when I started in NFL Network whether the whole thing would be a disadvantage or not. And as it turned out – they actually remembered me easier because of my name than they would have ordinarily. So it, it actually great. wound up in a way, you know, maybe even helping a little bit. Well, shout, shout out to the other Randy Moss there for helping this Randy Moss. Yeah, he's, uh, a, he's a good guy, by the way. Yeah, if you, so if you're not familiar with, uh, with Randy's work with NBC, I've been a part of their horse racing coverage forever, did work for NFL Network for yep. a long time. And so the, the reason I, I when uh, you were offered up as a guest, I was like, yes, this is going to be a really cool conversation is – Horse racing forever has been, I don't say propped up, but like a huge part of that sport and the culture of it is gambling. Oh, yeah. And now the NFL, uh, it's always happened underground or here in Las Vegas, but like right. now that it is so mainstream, it has changed the way we consume the sport in, in many ways. And I think your perspective on that would be pretty fascinating as a guy who's lived in both worlds. So, like, as you see some of the ways that the gambling world has influenced the NFL now since kind of the, 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 the Band-Aid's been ripped off these last couple of years, like, what are the things that are interesting to you about it? First of all, it was bound to happen. I mean, everybody knew that it was going to happen. You know, as much as the NFL tried to put it off and tried to say that they weren't interested and it was, a, you know, potential cancer and all this stuff, there's so much money out there that uh, it was it was inevitable, right? I, I think five six years ago, I tried to pitch NFL Network on a gambling show. I mean, you're right. I, I'm in. I got my feet in both worlds, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I offered to host it and everything, or help them with it or whatever. But they just weren't. They weren't ready, right? At that point, you know. And I still don't think NFL Network would go down that road at this even with the you know the synergy you see with you know you know fan all, all, all the gambling sites uh, but ESPN is is embraced it in a way right you know I think it's fascinating that ESPN's launching ESPN bet like you now have yeah. I mean the lines are so blurred in so many ways now between leagues and entities and teams and I mean we deal with this locally in DC because Ted Leonsis owns not just the, the the basketball and hockey team but the network that they're on and they're the only regional sports net in town and so you're kind of 
like it is what it is. And so like those lines, the journalism lines have been long crossed, long dashed. And now you've got a media company in ESPN that's like, oh, yeah, we're also going to be the book. I think that's wild. And I think my journalism professors probably wouldn't approve of it. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that uh, wealthy businessmen that wanted to own an NFL franchise and even an NBA franchise or a Major League Baseball franchise, and they also either like owned a racetrack or had a stable of racehorses, it, it was frowned upon. Mm-hmm. It, if you divest yourself from all these other things, then come back, you know, and now you're looking at, I mean, major gambling entities that are involved. Do you think that, like, how real are the, the worries of problems and of, of things that could go awry versus kind of fears that have been built up culturally over the years? I think they're overblown. Um, I mean, they're obviously, you know, there is a scenario where something like that could happen. But the NFL, for example, has so many resources. You know, I mean, they've, they've, got, to, they've got the resources to be very vigilant about things like that. Uh, and so I think the, the worry about that is uh, maybe a little too extreme. Uh, Randy Moss, NBC Sports, with us here on the Hoffman Show. Uh, the, the NFL's rules are so stringent. We've seen some guys get caught up that they didn't realize they're violating the rules because of either where they placed a bet or they're, they're betting on their old college team. And like, do, do you think the NFL will change? Like, does it need? To, it feels like their argument is like, oh, it's a slippery slope. I, I feel like, hey, yeah, there's it may be a slippery slope, but there's like a thousand feet between us and the edge of the slope. Where, where are you on, on kind of where they are? I think it's kind of ridiculous, some, some, of, the, some of that stuff. I, I think it's ridiculous that Pete Rose is still out of the Hall of Fame. This is a guy who, who bet on baseball. Mm-hmm. He bet on his own team. Right. That's all he did. He, didn't bet, he never bet on the opposing oh, yeah. team. He bet on his own team. There's plenty of other reasons to keep Pete Rose out of the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah. That, that I agree with you on. They should make every player bet on their own team. <laughs> I mean, in a way, they are. You know? uh, yeah, exactly. You, you win, you get, you get a better contract. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you just can't give you get an extra. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think some of that is a little ridiculous. Uh, game this weekend, what's the most interesting storyline for you? To me, the most interesting storyline is Brock Purdy. And which Brock Purdy are we going to see? Right is uh, you know is the is the Super Bowl stage going to be the bright lights going to be a little bit too big for him? He seems like a pretty cool, calm, and collected customer, but he hasn't played as well in the two playoff games this year as he did during the regular season. Uh, why? There's really no reason why. Um, maybe it's the pressure. Maybe he won't play as well. That to me, that's really the most interesting. Here's a guy that was you know considered to be a primo MVP candidate for much of the season. Yeah, no, he was. If you were still an NFL Network, you're, in, you're you're having to do instead of getting to do this fun nonsense, you, you're you're stuck on team duty. Which of the teams would you want to be around this week, and who's the guy that you'd want to talk to? Uh, I would rather be around the Chiefs, only because I did a lot of Kansas City Chiefs stuff when I was with NFL Network. I did very little San Francisco 49ers. So I don't really have any kind of a relationship with Kyle Shanahan or very many of the players. I covered Kyle Juszczyk in college when he was with Harvard. Okay. Uh, but the Chiefs have a just an outstanding organization from top to bottom. The PR people are top shelf. Andy Reid is an unbelievably good guy. Um, so I would probably rather, for that reason, I'd rather be with yeah. the Chiefs. What's the thing about Andy Reid that you, you wish more people knew? Just down to earth. Totally, completely down to earth. After they won... Not the last Super Bowl, but the one before. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was, Which is a nice sentence you get to say about I know, franchise. isn't it really? No, no, not that Super Bowl. It's the other one. I was in Kansas City uh, covering the, uh, the, the aftermath, mm-hmm. right? I was going to be there for the parade, but I was also there when the plane came back into Kansas City, okay? Right. And covering that whole hoopla. 
And that night, the night after the Super Bowl win, I go to my favorite barbecue restaurant in Kansas City, and who walks in but Andy <laughs> Reid and his wife. Yep. And the whole place just erupted, and everybody stood up and gave him a standing ovation. And I'll bet you for a good 20 minutes he was taking pictures with people. But he then he wanted his cheeseburger. That, that he didn't know. Yeah. You know? And, and it, it just one after another after another after another. Just as kind and as nice and as accommodating as he could be. And that's the Andy Reid that I've seen. That's cool. Uh, so last thing for you, because you mentioned kind of the organizational structure. Let's lo- Well, I'm going to localize it because that's what my job is as a local guy here. Um, obviously, the commanders completely remade their organization. Yeah. Uh, you talk about the impact of ownership. And, like, you got top-notch PR people. You got top-notch this, top-notch that. As someone who's covered the league and seen the good and the bad, like, what are the separators for you of good organizations, the ones that work, the ones that can win consistently, beyond the obvious of, like, oh, yeah, the, the Chiefs also have Patrick Mahomes, and that helps a lot? Yeah. Mostly, I think, and this is, <laughs> this is probably not a, uh, a plus for the commanders at this point, good people and continuity. Mm. That's, I think that's the hallmark of a really good, consistent winning organization. You look at the Ravens for years, Ozzie Newsome, right? John Harbaugh is a fantastic coach. He's been there a long time. You look at the Steelers, right? Fantastic front office, consistency. Mike Tomlin's been there for a long time. That, I think, and the uh, the 49ers uh, front office, you know, very stable, very consistent, a lot of longevity there. Um, I think, you know, that's what the, the commanders I know are trying to build. Uh, it takes time. Yeah. And you get Daniel Snyder out of the equation now. Helps um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Did you know Adam at all? Anything that you did with San Francisco? Or you say you weren't around San Francisco? No, I did very little, uh, very little with San Francisco. Yeah, it's good. I think I think that that's going to be the interesting thing because, like, in, in some ways, it's a chicken and egg thing, right? Like, if you're good, you get the continuity because nobody gets fired. Um, but it's got to start somewhere. And can they can they find the right types of people that'll be invested in in the project? I think that's been one of the interesting things that I hear Josh Harris talk about is like he kind of talks about it as this project as this this thing that they're building and and not as like oh we're out to win the super bowl next year and i, I feel like that hopefully yeah. can lead to what you're talking about you gotta get another quarterback you know okay they, they okay they, they got the coach taken care of you got the oc taken care of kingsbury uh they get they got to find another quarterback and i think they might be uh, they may be okay but, you know the great thing about my job i, I get to do all this we can talk football get to yeah. the super bowl and then as soon as this is over, I get to transition to horse racing back again. Right. So you got – And do all the triple crown prep races and, then, and then, then the derby and then be in your neck of the woods for the Preakness. Yep. Uh, which is always one of my favorite, uh, that could favorite be a, stops of the year. That could be a whole other show where we just have you tell Preakness stories. I have not been, but I have heard that what? is the oh, wildest – like the 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 the, the, like the dearth of humanity is the infield at the Preakness. It's a little tamer than it was when I first started going. And this will be my forty fourth Derby. It'll be like my fortieth Preakness. So I go back a long way. It was a lot more uh, wide open, raucous way back in the day than it is now. They've tried to make it a little bit more genteel, yeah, and yet not take away the fun, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's, it's <laughs> seen some it's stuff. A, it's something pretty. You ever different. been like reporting live and just had to catch yourself because you see something happening off in the distance? Normally, our back is to all that. That's probably smart. So that's no. that's good producing. Whoever's your producer at the Kentucky Derby one year, if I can tell a little bit of an off-color story. As long as you don't uh, cuss and the FCC doesn't cancel us, I don't yeah. care. A buddy of mine uh, said, "Hey, bring some jeans to the track and let's go to the infield." I've always wanted to go to the Derby infield, and it's at the time it was just about as bad as the Preakness. Okay, 
So it's all right. So halfway through the day, it's a slow day leading up to the derby. So, you know, change clothes, jeans. We went down to the infield. We meandered under the tunnel. And the first thing we see coming into the infield at the Kentucky Derby is this massive humanity, probably 30, 40 people in a circle, right? And they got their hands over their head, and they're all yelling and screaming. And so we walk over there and say, what's going on? And we get there at about the same time the riot police get there. Oh, boy. And so the crowd parts, and it's a couple having sex. Of course. On the sidewalk. Of course. No clothes thrown everywhere, and so they get blankets like dogs or something, you know, and they, and they, and they just throw, throw blankets over them, <laughs> and they haul them off to the to the retaining area. You know, that was my very first experience uh, at the Kentucky Derby infield. And you're like, I think I'm going to go back and put the put the other clothes on. I'm going to go be on television now. <laughs> uh, Randy Moss, a part of NBC Sports, uh, they do have the Triple Crown races coming up yeah. uh, here in just a few weeks. Uh, Randy, appreciate your time. Thank you. Hey. Anytime. All right, we'll wrap up the show next from Radio Row here on the Team 980. Welcome back to the Hoffman Show. Yes, you might be a little uh, confused as to why you're hearing Super Producer Anthony Haney's voice. Uh, Craig got caught up right now uh, <laughs> live in Radio Row. So uh, I'm taking over the show until Are he comes. Oh, there he is. Hey, oh. Craig, welcome back. Sorry, uh, Bomani Jones walked by. And uh, I, had, I wanted to go say what's up to Bo because we've had him on the show so many times and uh, haven't, been, or to get, haven't actually had a chance to meet him in person. So I said, what's up to Bomani? We got chatting real quick. And I was like, I got to go. I think, I, think I, I think my show's back. So sorry. But great job, Anthony. I don't know how long the music was playing before you started talking, but uh, you sounded very <laughs> – you sounded confident. In some ways, that was a test. That was a test. Thank to you. See, uh, <laughs> to see how it is uh, that you would do if all of a sudden you had to take command of the show. But you did. You did it. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, no pressure. No, you know? no pressure. You nope. did. You did the thing. Uh, Bomani, by the way, probably going to be on with us tomorrow. Now he said uh, he's around, so we'll see. Uh, see what we can do on that. Also, I got to let me let me pull up the old uh, old old spreadsheet here. Uh, tomorrow on the show. Oh God, we have a lot of people that are floating tomorrow. Uh, what we definitely have is uh, Kaylin Collar from Sports Illustrated, or sorry, from the Athletic, is on. She used to be with SI. Uh, she just did a big piece, Anthony. I don't know if you saw this. Um, but, like, she calls it, like, the Shanahan surveillance state, basically. Like, it's something that Mike Shanahan used to do that Kyle does. And, it, like, he has a live video feed into all of the meeting rooms at the 49ers facility so he can watch any position group meeting at any time, uh, which I think is actually, like, is weird uh, in a way, but is also very cool and kind of smart. Um, so she wrote about that, uh, and, and she's a great NFL writer. So we'll have her on tomorrow early on in the show and then i think the only other person that we have actually we don't have anybody else slotted in for sure but like tomorrow's gonna be fun uh probably have da uh damon Menelara on the show yates might be in town i eventually he'll decide if he's actually coming he's in the la so getting to vegas is easy for him uh bomani now gonna be on the show tomorrow i'll text him here in a, in a second we'll get that set up um we might also have a couple of active nfl players um but, I mean, uh, Don Van Nata might stop by. I know I'm seeing him tomorrow. I don't know if uh, he's going to be on the show, but we'll see. Um, but, like, Anthony, think about where we were 24 hours ago. Like, we didn't have Jonathan Ogden lined up. <laughs> we didn't have, you know, some, uh, Dan, or, uh, some, some of the David Chang all of a sudden, Mike Loxley. Like, yeah. our guest list today, half of it happened in the 90 minutes before the show. Uh, and I'm showing up way earlier to Radio Row tomorrow, in part because one of our guests tomorrow – uh, I do believe will be MJ Acosta Ruiz from NFL Network, and we got a tape with her early before the show. So 
very excited uh, to get MJ on and and Kalen and and you know everyone else that will Balmani like that's how Radio Row is man it's nuts um, and we'll do it again in th- you know what three weeks in Indianapolis I'll be doing the same thing so um, it's not quite as much of a zoo in Indy it's much more of you know draft nerds as opposed to random celebrities walking around but that's that's the business as they say. Definitely sounds like you're having a blast out there. You got Rachel out there, so she's experiencing it also with you. Uh, yeah, which is very cool. Exactly. So I see, I see Will Blackman walking around. See, every uh, I, I heard you say you saw uh, Puka Nakua earlier. Yeah, Puka walking Puka's walking around. Um, who else do I see? Right. I mean, it's weird because you know so many of the shows have ended at this point. Like I, I kind of feel like at six o'clock Eastern time, things cleared out. Um, so there are definitely like a lot of people still walking around. I mean, it's only three o'clock out here, um, about to be four, three fifty out here, about to be four. But um, yeah, that's kind of kind of how things go uh, here on Radio Row. Uh, one more show tomorrow. Uh, by the way, uh, we also recorded a Take Command today, uh, which is out now. Logan uh, and I recap the Senior Bowl. Also talked a little bit more about the coordinators, so definitely worth checking out if you want some more hardcore football talk. I know it, it's kind of a wacky thing, Anthony, because like I'm out here, and you know we could do Las Vegas skits and bits all day, but I know like people people listening like still want their football, they still want their draft talk, they still want everything. So trying to do the best we can of giving everybody a little bit of everything, some NBA trade deadline stuff. We you know we kept part of the show open today because we thought that that would be a a topic uh, in a bigger way with Kuzma being one of the top guys available. And, um, you know, Tyus Jones, we thought would definitely be moved. Instead, it's just Daniel Gafford getting traded out. You know, the Wizards, they had a, they had big, uh, big man depth for, for two weeks, Anthony. They had yeah. it. They had, they had Gaff and Marvin Bagley. And, and now, now, now they traded Gaff. Yeah. I mean, Rashawn Holmes, he, he's all right. But yeah, we, I mean, we look, still need some depth. Just need just need guys to play some minutes. Yeah. Just need, need some, some guys. But also, like, point. I'd imagine we see some more Patrick Baldwin Jr. We see some more of the, the, the guys in-house. And, we need um, Johnny Davids up, man. That, like, I, I think he just got moved up. But we'll love yeah. to just see more of him. Yeah. They got to they gotta figure out some stuff. And, you know, then <laughs> we need to talk about the Jordan Poole thing at some point uh, here over the next oh couple God. weeks. Because he is. Like, I, I'm on the verge of just being like, shut that dude down for the season. All right. Uh, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, all those all those great guests coming tomorrow on Radio Row. Uh, right now, though, we didn't even have a chance to do this yesterday. We can't we can't skip two days in a row of real things. Come on, it's time for real things. Real people said in real microphones. Real things. We're not gonna be said this year. Real people. Five and eleven. Not very good. Said into real microphones. You know the culture is actually damn good. <laughs> All right, uh, boss, by the way, also a reminder, our big game coverage on the Team 980 is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. NFL opening night always gets, like, I'm kind of sad that I was traveling on Tuesday because NFL opening night is the greatest soundbite fest in the league. Uh, Someone asked Patrick Mahomes, like, hey, can you do a Kermit the Frog impression? He's like, what do you mean? I'm talking right now. This is the impression. Uh, but speaking of impressions from quarterbacks, you had the other side. Uh, someone, I guess, found out that Brock Purdy does a pretty good SpongeBob. By the way, we had Noah Eagle, who's calling the game on Nickelodeon, uh, earlier in the show today. A great conversation. If you missed it, check it on the podcast. But here's Purdy doing a pretty good SpongeBob. Can you give us your best SpongeBob impression? Yeah. 
I'll try. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was great. I, I a for effort. What are you giving for execution, Ant? Ah, I'm giving him uh, a six point three four. Oh, okay. Am I a tough critic? Yeah. What I give him I give him like a seven. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, another uh, or different different kind of great uh, impromptu moment happened the other night on the Knicks broadcast. Uh, Mike Breen, who obviously everyone knows is the play-by-play voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN and ABC, uh, he and Walt Clyde Frazier have been calling Knicks games on uh, MSG for 25 years locally there in New York City. And so as they took the air the other night, Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson uh, crashed the uh, the open, as they call it, in the business uh, with, with a little message of thanks and, and uh, a note of gratitude. Looking at all those beautiful pictures from hey, back. Sorry to interrupt you. I just want to say congratulations for 25 years, guys. Congratulations, gentlemen. Yes. Appreciate everything y'all do. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. All right, we'll see y'all later. Great, man. Great, Not bad. Come away with a victory tonight. <laughs> Clyde, Clyde, uh, I think the upset there is there was no rhyme, no, uh, no, no bar drop by uh, Walt Clyde Frazier there. Just a straight, hey, here's the here's the recipe. Hey, they came through though and got that dub over the Grizz. So. They did, they did over the Grizz. It's not that much of an accomplishment this season, but you know, hey, you, <laughs> I you, know, win, you, Craig. you can only play the team that, that lines up against <laughs> you. Uh, they also presented him with some some jerseys, a uh, really cool thing uh, for Mike Breen. Uh, and Walt Frazier, two of the best to do it. All right, that is our show for today here from Radio Row in Las Vegas. Back at it again tomorrow. If you missed anything, check the podcast on the Team 980.